Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. You are listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. This show is every Thursday, 7 o'clock, right here on 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. And now we are joined by the number nine pick in all the land, Charles Cross. Give it up one time for Charles Cross. Charles, man, so the first thing I asked you, I go, oh, you, you live around here? He goes, yeah, I walked over. After Monday night, you're going to be able to walk nowhere, man. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you're right. going you're gonna, to gonna make a name for yourself. How excited are you to, to get out there and just play some ball, man? I'm very excited. Um, first game of the season. Um, I'm just ready to go out there and play. Is it going to be weird? I mean, look, you guys had one preseason game here, and I, I don't know how much you guys have talked about it. And I, we had uh, Kobe Parkinson on earlier and said, I didn't know, know if you know, but Russell Wilson's coming back into town. Um, it is going to be electric. Uh, you know, it, it might even be loud when you guys are on offense. Did, did they kind of prepared you for the noise, even in your home stadium? Yeah, I definitely feel like we prepared for that. Um, I'm just going to take it all in, be in the moment, and just take it play by play. Man, he played in the SEC. Well, you know, they got 90,000 every game. Well, remember, we had Paul Allen design the stadium, so it, <laughs> it reverberates the pretty good noise here. <laughs> so what what's your um, what was training camp like for you? Because, you know, in, in college, you get after it in, in, in camp. You know what I mean? In the league, it's a bit different. Was it refreshing? Did you want to do more? What was the, the whole feel in training camp? Um, the training camp feel was pretty good. Um, just coming in every day, just trying to get better and better, improve my technique, um, just to find myself as a player. Was there anybody that um, you kind of gravitated towards when you first got there? Did, were all the rookies like kind of together during rookie camp, and then once the vets came in, you kind of went your own ways, or how did that work? I feel like we still played pretty close as a rookie group. Um, as the vets and stuff came in, um, just getting, getting to know them and connect with them, um, learn from them, it was just a great experience overall. You know, it's pretty well known the Seahawks were looking for an offensive tackle going into the draft. It just when the draft started, did, did you high expectation the Seahawks would be the one, or do you think you're going to get picked up even a little bit higher? Um, to be honest, I only talked to the Seahawks probably like two times throughout the whole draft process. But uh, I'm excited I'm here. I'm excited and blessed to be here. So I want to share something with you all and, and, and share this too. You negotiated your own contract. Is that true as a rookie? That's correct. Because, look, Bobby Wagner's done it. Richard Sherman's done it. Uh, we had Russell Okun uh, as well. But these guys were veterans. Share how that happened. I mean, who did anybody help you with the negotiation? Yeah, I did have some help by uh, my business manager, St. Omni, um, and Lifeline Management. They've been a huge, like, contributor to me, the, me to contributor to me. Um, negotiate my own contract. Um, they helped me throughout the process, and we figured it out. It w- was it uh, was it intimidating to you? I mean, obviously you didn't do anything like that in college, but uh, I think you're your business major, right, uh, in college as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure that was something you wanted to do, but was it intimidating trying to negotiate with, you know, I mean, I'm figuring you're talking with John Schneider and people? It really wasn't too intimidating, um, so... The it's our the once you get drafted it's already slotted so it would just come down to to figuring out how I was gonna get the like the signing bonus and payments and stuff like that. Do you think that's something that we're gonna see more of? Because y'all, you guys are the new generation. You know what I'm saying? You guys are doing different things like negotiating your own contracts. Do you feel like as the years go by, we're gonna see more guys coming out of college doing that? I definitely feel like they should. I hope so. 
Well, what are the advantages you think of, of negotiating your own your own contract? Uh, you get to learn in the process, uh, and you get to save money in the long run. Those were two of my biggest pros of why I did it. Right, say that three percent. Ain't you getting that three percent? Yeah, I don't it's remember. Probably more now. I don't remember what the number is. <laughs> well, they used to have a cap to it. Does the NFL PA help you with that information also? Are they are they a, a partner at all when you go into those negotiations? They did reach out uh, and try to help me uh, throughout the the negotiation process. But it was simple, so it was really it was really easy to do. I think that is so impressive. I mean, again, business major, left tackle, you got to be smart anyways. But, you know, it just gets you immediately. You're involved in your finances, you know, in your investments, you know, and your own career. So, you know, again, well, well done. That's impressive. What do you say? So coming out of Mississippi State, Mike Leach was your head coach, right? Correct. He was the head coach at my alma mater, WSU, trying to change the game for us. And they love to throw the ball. So coming out, people are like, man, how is Charles going to do in the run game? I mean, obviously, Leach runs the ball, too. But um, when you heard that kind of stuff, did you put a chip on your shoulder and say, I'm going to prove these dudes wrong or I'm just, I'm going to just do me and I, I know I could do whatever this offense asked me to do? Uh, definitely just come in and do whatever the, the offense asked me to do. I'll just prove myself right. Like, prove it to myself. I'm not proving to anybody else. So what What was it like your first? Now it's a preseason game, but it's still an official game. You put on the jersey. What was that first snap like? You remember the play? You guys ran your first snap? Um, I think it was a run play. Run play. There it we go. Two, you are away from <laughs> they me. They don't run. I think, no, it was, just... I think it was towards me. I'm not too sure. Okay. Felt good, though. It felt good. There we go. It felt good. Yep. All right, share a little bit about Mike Leach. I mean, we, we know him from the Northwest, and mm-hmm. everybody liked him. But just when he got there, and what was that experience like? It was definitely different. Um, coach Leach definitely a character. He's not an average coach. He's different. That's like <laughs> the best way I can describe him. He, he, doesn't, he does his own thing. Does he talk? I mean, and then you got Pete Carroll, who's, you know, he's, he's going to pump you up every second you can. What, what's just the little differences between those two? I feel like I feel like Coach Kerr brings a lot of energy, uh, and that energy runs through like the whole team, through the coach staff, and everybody feels it. And it just it's a great it's a great atmosphere to be around. Man, you know, I, I sorry, I, it is pretty amazing. I, mean, I was just talking. Look, we're going to have two starting rookie tackles this week. I mean, there's probably really not a team in the NFL would do that, except for Pete, because he lets lets you guys compete. Just share what he talks to you guys about, just preparing you both for this first game. Uh, really, just it's an effort thing, competing. Um, and finishing, like, just finishing, competing, those, like, top three things. Man, I love, one thing I miss about football is just being in a huddle with dudes, right? After you make a player, even after stuff ain't going right. When, you're, when, when you've been in the huddle during this preseason, what, what's Gino like? Is he assertive? Is he laid back? He seems like a laid back type of dude. What's he like? Gino is a, he's a very even keel type person. Uh, he doesn't let anything phase him. And uh, so now, and now you get to block for a rookie running back as well. You got Ken Walker. Once he gets healthy, um, he's going to be out there. You got Rashad Penny. Ha- what does it feel like knowing that, all right, man, we got zone right coming. I got some guys behind me who, who can get me four, five, six yards off the rip. I'm excited to see him. Uh, I'm excited to do well, hit the holes, score a touchdown, celebrate with him. I'm excited for that. There we go. What, what has been the biggest change? I mean, coming from Leach's offense, were you you were usually in a two-point stance, right? You guys were rarely with a, in a three-point stance with a hand down, right? Right. Where now you, you will be a little bit more. What's the biggest change, just, you know, where you came from, what you have to do uh, here in the NFL? I've just learned how to be uncomfortable. Be comfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. 
um, and just taking it from there and continue to improve and improve each day. Well, you are look pass protection. It makes you, you make it look really easy. I mean, you're a rookie, and you you watch them. You're going to be unbelievably impressed. We we got a left tackle here for a long time. That's for sure. But tell me about the game. You had some you know uh, legal procedures. Just what was that about, and what did Pete tell you about correcting some of those things? Oh, uh, they're talking about I can't do that. Can't do that in a regular season game. Um, it's mistakes. Uh, you learn from, and you not you try not to make them again. Yep, all the learning process. Yep. Uh, tell me about mom and dad, man. I mean, what are they like? How how proud are you are are they of you right now being up here living out your dream, man? I mean, you're you're living a dream that I feel like most dads in this mall right now uh, would, would want to do. How's the family and how are they during this whole process? Um, throughout the whole process, they was just so excited. They was just happy to see me achieve what I wanted to achieve, and. Um, they just, they just showed me so much support throughout the whole way. Any brothers or sisters? I have an older brother and an older sister. Older brother. Oh, you're the baby. Yeah, I'm the baby. That's what's up. Did, <laughs> did your uh, your brother or sister play any sports? My my brother did. He played JUCO football. All right. What about sister didn't play any sports? I don't think she played did, any sports. Did you play any other sports? So I played I played basketball, football. I did powerlifting, and I did the field. I did track and field, like the shot putting disc. So your, your letterman got, got patches everywhere is what you're saying. Yeah. Right, there we go. <laughs> okay, every, every NFL team we've been on, every guy thinks they can play basketball. This guy can play basketball. And he was a two-time state champion back in Mississippi. Is that where we got Sweet Feet from? Um, they actually came from Mississippi State. Uh, one of the trainers, Melissa, she used to call me Sweet Feet all the time. It just stuck with me. How good a basketball player were you in high school? I read up some of your stats, but you were a small power forward. I'm imagining, how tall are you, 6'4"? I'm like 6'5". Six 6'5", five. Six five. I mean, that's kind of a shooting guard nowadays. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking the transition to play college basketball, maybe that wasn't it. But how good were you in high school? Be, and be, be, you can be boastful here. Well, I feel like I, feel like I was a great player. I, had, I, I, really didn't, I really didn't like have too many assists or anything, but like, Almost every game, I had like a double double. So like, I was getting, I was getting buggies. Okay, what, what, what can you shoot? Because uh, I mean, I know Tyler Lockett thinks he's probably the best shooter on the team right now, right? I'm alright. I'm alright at shooting. It's not, it's not one of my best strengths. But I'm gonna I'm I'm score points like either way it goes. Like I'm gonna give you my, see that body. He's in the he's no. In the look, game, I, baby. I was just I was letting him dictate that. <laughs> All right, so we get a, a two on two matchup, uh, and it can only be with the guys on uh, the Seahawks. Who you picking as your partner? Will Disney. Really, Uncle yeah. Will. So you guys are just gonna you're gonna mow people down he, here. He's a real shooter though. Really, right? he's a real shooter. Okay. Scrappy football players. I I love seeing football players on the basketball court, man. We we do it a bit different. Ain't no fouls neither. It's like twenty one. Is that what you guys called it out here in twenty one? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Mississippi State, man. You guys got dudes in the league. Is there? Um, do you guys have any of them reached out to you once you uh you got drafted? Yeah, a lot of guys reached out to me. Um, just being there for me, or like if I had like any questions or like any concerns, like the knowledge has he blessed you with? Uh, Walter Jones is a very intelligent person. Uh. Not just not just football, but life in general. Um, Too much. Too much info. Yeah, I gotta start I gotta start talking. <laughs> I gotta start talking to him. Yep. Sure. He's uh look, I mean if definitely top two, you know, I think all time uh, in the world. But uh, okay, you haven't had that much chance yet to see the sights, right? You guys have been in training camp. 
you're going to find out pretty soon the 12s are pretty fanatic. You're going to have a hard time walking around town because they're going to recognize you. But have you got a chance to do anything that you like doing away from football out here? Um, so the only thing I really did was uh, just go out to eat, really. Try different food spots, try different food. That's really it. Okay, so I know you're a seafood lover, but seafood's different here than in Mississippi. It's true. Have you found anything here you like? Um, so I like clam chowder. They turned me on to clam chowder when I first got here, and ever since then, like, that's like my go to. That clam chowder. Yeah, they clam They got chowder. Dukes right over here, and they make the. <laughs> I've been there before. They, it's, well, you have, you, have, you have. They make some great clam chowder. Big up Dukes for the clam chowders, and big up Charles Cross for spending time with us. Clap it up one time for the number nine pick. Appreciate you, man. All right, when we return, we'll talk about just the season. We'll give you a preview. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. I'm Michael Bumpus, along with Paul Moyer. This is Hawks Live. Every Thursday, we're going to be right here. So y'all make sure you come and join us. Enjoying the fun. And you know what? you got to make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. Lots of great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pregame show meal at the Central Bar Restaurant. I had them steak tacos, Moyer. You know what they were? What? Fire. That, they, mean, that means good, Moyer. That means good. Well, All right, Moyer. I'm, I know I'm old. When we were talking <laughs> earlier with Charles Cross, you guys were talking about... Madden and 2K, or is it, is it what it is? Yeah, 2K, 2K basketball. 2K. And I'm talking about Mario Kart with Nintendo with my kids. So <laughs> hey, it's all good. There, there's an Asian. But yeah, I want to thank uh, the Brazens for having us over there at uh, the Central Bar and Grill. And uh, what did I have? And Paul had the had the Buddhist salad. It had with great, salmon? great whiskey there. Yep. And they also have great cocktails like the Mi Corazon. My Just, wife is Latin, so I, you know, I know how to say that. that. My little... life is Mi Corazon, you know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> I would have butchered that. All right, man, let's get back to the Seahawks, though. All right, how are we going to measure success in 2022? All right, you, I don't think you can look at the wins and the losses. You're going to look at wins and losses. That's natural, right? Especially on Monday, you want these guys to come out and get a W. Um, but to me, I'm looking at progress. Um, offensively, I'll talk about the offense, what I want to see from the offense. I want to see this offense look a bit more dynamic. Losing D. Eskridge last year hurt this team more than I think people think. They think D. Eskridge man he's been hurt all the time what does he mean to this offense to me he means he's a jet sweep guy a legit jet sweep guy a guy who can stretch the field vertically he's got some wiggle to the game I look at all the receivers on this team and I don't see any receivers that move the way that D. Eskridge does so I'm looking to see him I'm looking to see Penny Hart we know what we're going to get out of um, DK Lockett and if Rashad Penny stays healthy we know what we're going to see there I'm looking to see how Shane Waldron builds week by week off of things that he puts on film because as you know Moyer offensively you come in with a game plan one week and you add a little bit the next week you add a little bit the next week if your team can handle it so offensively man I want to see how this thing blossoms and how it grows yeah I don't yeah I I want us to be competitive um and the reason why I'm not putting wins on it I just we have so many young players going going in this. We have a new quarterback. Our offense is going to look different. Not that the play calls are going to be that much different. Um, I think last year we had to play, and you're right, I think we missed, look, to me we've missed Doug Baldwin on yeah. third downs. We have not been the same because that spot, that, and he, he's kind of like Cooper Cup. I mean, you really can't get him off the line. You can't jam him. He's going to beat you off the line. He's going to get separation, and that's an easy throw for a first down for five, six, seven, eight yards. 
Um, I, I think we're going to have more too tight in offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would have liked to have done more than that last year. But, you know, again, I think Russell was like, I, I want to push the ball more downfield. And there was times that we needed to go three tight in offense because we were usually in second and long or third and long from some sacks. So I don't know if the play calls are nef- necessarily going to be di- or different. I think the way we execute them will be. I think you will see more check downs. If Geno's in trouble or if he feels heat, there's going to be options for him. And look, the, the, the good and the bad with Russell was the bad was he would take some sacks at times. The good was he could extend a play and hit DK Metcalf on a deep, you know, improvised play. So I'm excited to see what Shane's offense is going to do with a quarterback that can work a little bit more in the middle of the field. It, it won't be probably as exciting, but I think it'll be exciting if the chains are moving and yeah. we're actually scoring and, and keeping possession. We're gonna, I believe we're going to be a really good football team running the ball. Um, I like our offensive line, but we're young. We got, what, three new people uh, on our offensive line. Will we be better? Um, I, I think we have more talent on the offensive line. We got massive talent on defense. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, right? Right. So success for me is huge improvement on defense, huge, right? I mean, I want to be a top 15 defense. That would be massive success. And I want to be the, the best running team in the NFL. Let's do it, Moyer. Okay. <laughs> Let's do all of that. Okay. Defensively, how do we measure success? Me, I'm looking for a pass rusher to have double-digit sacks. When was the last time that happened? Was it Frank Clark? Um, Frank Clark, my, I know Carlos Dunlap had eight and a half we, we sacks. We got a producer over there who could probably look that one up. Yeah, um, I, I, wonder, I think it's Frank Clark. Last Seahawks have double-digit sacks, and I want someone other than Quandre Diggs to have three-plus picks. Last year, it was uh, DJ... Oh, the corner, DJ Reed. DJ Reed had, had two interceptions. Now he's with the New York Jets. Um, Quandre Diggs had five interceptions the past, what, four seasons? Um, I, I need this, this secondary to, to produce some, some turnovers. I, I could pick a hundred ways it will be better on defense this yeah. year. First of all, it's just purely, and I, I don't like to put too much credit with coaches because you got to have players to win. Right. But, you know, again, this isn't a knock on Ken Norton. I mean, he just, he had a way of, running his defense but you know a pass defense was not his strength and we've got some coaches now that i believe it is we're going to be more aggressive i mean coach hurt talks about it all the time i've never heard a coach say we're going to be less aggressive but we're going to be more aggressive in coverage um i think we'll have better pressure because we're going to have guys look we got some guys who come off the edge you know i mean for sure daryl taylor He's probably going to be your double-digit guy, but I think you're going to see Jamal Adams have a bigger impact this year in the, in the pass rush because you're not going to know where he's coming from. There's a couple plays in practice I watched when Jamal Adams was in the uh, in, during practice when he came back, and they had motioned, I think it was either a tight end or a wide receiver, and the backers actually bumped out when they... Uh, motioned across the formation, mm-hmm. and Jamal was sitting in the middle of the field. Yes, I and saw that. Let me tell you what: can he read a run game? He beat both the guard and the center who were trying to cut him off. They couldn't do it, and he made about a three-yard play in the backfield. And it's a, that's what he brings to the game. He brings that kind of explosiveness. And now mix in him coming off the edge or even up the middle in some pass rush situations, which we're going to be able to do with him because we got backers who could actually drop. So they're not going to know, or at least they're going to have less, I guess, they'll, they'll have less opportunities to know who's coming on a blitz. So I, we're going to be massively improved on defense. 
All right, I'm with you when it comes to the changes on defense, using Jamal correctly or in a way that um, highlights his attributes, what he's best at. But now let's focus on these rookies, man, because this was one of the best drafts I've seen from the Seahawks in a long time. So my question, um, and I'll give you my answer as well, is who will be the most impactful rookie this season? We got Charles Cross, Boya Mafe, Ken Walker, Abe Lucas, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Willen, Bo Melton, and Derek Young. Me personally, I'm going to go with... Boye. I really think Boye will be the most impactful. Now, he'll be the most impactful that the average fan will be able to recognize, right? Because you can look at that offensive line, and the only time you're really pointing out offensive linemen is when they're doing something wrong, right? You never, it's hardly, I hardly watch a game with my boys or or my text thread, and someone says, you see that block by Charles Cross? Did you see this? No, they focus on the negative with that old line. So me, I'm going to go with Boye Mafe. I love the rawness in his game. He started playing football, I think, like 10th grade or something like that. Um, and there, that's a gift and a curse, right? The the gift is, or the curse is that you don't have experience, right? You haven't had thousands of snaps like a lot of these guys have had. The the gift is that you're going to do exactly what you're told because that's all you know, right? You don't have, you haven't been coached up by three or four different position coaches who have three or four different ways of doing things. And that's how we shine at the Senior Bowl. Someone asked them, they go, you know, how are you able to come out here and and shine against the best guys in the country? He goes, I just did what I was told to do. You know, and he has the ability just to go out there and execute what guys are asking him to do. So I like Boye Mafe. He is, that might be a steal in the draft. And he was electric even in preseason and practices. He's got, he's got that, Dar- oh, I mean, him and Daryl Taylor at some point are going to be, they're going to be on the field together, you know, going after the, uh, the passer. I, I don't know. Originally, I was going to go with Kenneth Walker. Um, he's hurt, so, you know, he's probably not going to have quite the opportunity. And I think the way DJ Dallas played uh, in preseason, it's going to be hard to get just enough carries between him and Penny and everybody to make a huge impact. Cross, you're going to love him. We are going to love He's better than, to me, Dwayne Brown already in pass protection because wow. Dwayne took a little bit of a step back mm-hmm. the last couple of years, even though Dwayne was still a very good player. But Charles, pass protection, he makes it look unbelievable easy. I just, you know, how do you rate that impact? You know, Tyreek Woolen, that could be interesting because if you play him on the right side, it reminds me a little bit of, of Browner when we first did that and said, hey, I just want you to play inside technique, force the guys to the sideline, make them try and throw the ball over you. They're going to have a, it's going to be almost impossible because of his speed and his length. I mean, you have to change the trajectory of a throw. On a deep ball, when you have a guy who's 6'4", with that kind of wingspan, you have to throw a dime that drops from the sky to get that in. Um, that is... There, people are going to shy away from that, so that'll be interesting. I'm going to go with. God, it's tough. I <laughs> it's think there's tough. so many of them out it's there. Tough. But I'm going to go with Charles Cross. Okay. I, I just think he uh, he's better than I thought he was going to be, and I thought he was going to be pretty good. And uh, we just had him on the show. I mean, he's he's so endearing. He's kind of want to hug the guy. You know, I want to put my arms around him and let him know he's going to be amazing because he's going to be amazing. All right, we're going to need these rookies to perform to help the team out this year. Okay, when we return, it's time to talk that talk. This is when we pick out a couple of topics and we go head to head. Will Russell Wilson win an MVP with the Broncos? The Lance Trey Lance experiment in San Fran is that going to work? We'll touch on that and other things. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. 
Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710 Seattle Sports Station. Presented by the Bellevue Collection. Moyer is a uh, a Bellevue... I don't know. What are you? Uh, it's, a, it's a native. You're, you, you know. Well, we've been out here for what you do. Twenty some years. What you do here in Bellevue? Kids went so, to Bellevue High School. So this is talk that talk. This is what we do, man. This is where I'm gonna talk, put a topic out there. Moyer's gonna tell me why it's true or why it's not true or how he feels about it, and I'm gonna tell you how I feel about it. And uh, we might agree, we might not. It's better if we don't agree, though. So this is our third year doing it, right? Third year. And I'm I'm two and zero. Lies. So, Lies. So this is kind of... Lies. I'm giving you another oh, shot. You're giving me another shot. Another shot at the Okay, title. all right. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, first one. Russell Wilson will never win an MVP with the Broncos. True. He will never win an MVP. Why is that, more? It just... For him... To, and we're going to find out this year because I, I think Pete's right. The Russell's a fantastic quarterback in the right situation and the right setup. And to win MVPs, he's never got an MVP vote. And he's had some pretty good years. You, you got to throw. You got to be one of the leading th- passers in the league. And I just don't see that being a, a recipe for success for him. And so now not only do you got to be one of the leading passers, you also got to win. And I think for him to be a leading passer, that means they're coming from behind and they're not winning. So I'm going to say no. All right, but here's the thing. Russell Wilson went to the Denver Broncos. Why? Because he's going to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. He wants to get to the line of scrimmage, check out of this run on third and one, and throw a bomb down the field. He's got receivers. He's got Cortland Sutton over there. He's got Jared Judy over there. He's got a good run game. It's all set up for Russell Wilson to get an MVP. His chances to get an MVP will be greater with the Broncos than it's ever been with the Seahawks. But you know what? He ain't going to get no MVP, though. Well, I, it partly is, are you telling me their receivers are better than ours? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that he has control of the offense. He con- He's controlling his legacy run. He has a partnership with the offensive coordinator. He's, that's not his coach. That's that his was, partner. That was a rhetorical question, by the way. Well, They're I not it. better wide receivers. <laughs> and we just took his leading receiver receptions from him and no offense. And so now I think he's got a rookie tight end. I actually can't remember exactly all their tight ends. Got a good running game. So if you got a good running game, that takes away throws from him. They got a good defense. I just don't see it. No, I don't see it either. But I think he's going to set himself up have that type of success all right so my turn your turn all right the end of the seahawks will finish higher in the nfc west and the broncos will in the a- afc west all right so let's talk about the nfc west you got matthew stafford who's not having a great 31 start 10, to his got season beat down, he's beat got down. A, he's got an elbow situation going on so he might not even play every game you got trey lance over here not a rookie, but this is this his first go at being. He's about as old as a starting, rookie. <laughs> starting quarterback. Then you got Kyler Murray, a guy who flashes, have good games, inconsistent. So now we go over to the AFC West. You got Derek Carr. You got Pat Mahomes. You got Russell Wilson. You got, you got Justin Herbert. Herbert. You know what? What was the question again? The Seahawks will finish higher. I'm going to say yes, they will finish higher than the Broncos in their division. A week ago, it would have been maybe a tie for me. Um, but watching the Rams tonight, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. But they look bad. I mean, they got beat down today. 31-10 to at home. Wasn't even close. 
And I think all the reasons you just put out there, I think the AFC West might be stronger than the NFC West. For sure. I, 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 I mean, so. I, they got younger quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, when I say younger, I mean, they've got young, developed, proven quarterbacks. Right. We have some good ones, but you just met Stafford with the elbow. He looked bad today. He got cup, but, but they, they're missing some wide receivers. And again, I'm not completely sold on Arizona. Uh, they're dangerous. They're one of those that God, one year they're going to be, you know, 14 and three, and the next year they're going to be, you know, seven and seven. Um, so I'm not sold on them. I think San Francisco. That's a big question mark, just like the Seahawks for uh, at quarterback. So I'm I'm going Seahawks will be higher than the Broncos. We're going to find out a bit Monday. Also, Kyler Murray doesn't have D Hop for what eight weeks or something now, like that. I think six. And and guess what? You know what the NFL how they're so good at scheduling. Yeah. I think Hopkins is coming back against the Houston Texans. I want to say. I thought you were going to say against the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I go, ah, that's no good. All right, my question for you. Jamal Adams returns to being an all-pro player. He is so dynamic. And we saw a bit of that two years ago. And I certainly, if you watched him when he was at the Jets, I mean, his his first step is explosive. And his his nose for the football is unbelievable. We just didn't use him right last year. And I always said, it's not that he's a bad cover two safety. He can play it. He's fine. But he's so gifted around the line of scrimmage and he's disruptive and when offensive coordinators and quarterbacks and offensive line are pointing at your safety because they got to change protection yeah i mean that's just that, that's a that's a that's that's big for for the seahawks so i think they're going to use him properly so i think the statistics are going to show him going back to the pro all pro well all pro i do i okay. think he is so dynamic I, I really do. I, I don't know if we're, he's going to get five interceptions, but he's going to be disruptive in the game. He, he's a guy that other teams, when they watch the film, go, oh, that's a problem. We have to account for him. All right. I think that he has the potential to be an all-pro player, but I think that because he's so unique in what he does at his position, that he might be overlooked. They're going to be like, what is he? Is he an outside backer? Is he is he a safety? Like, how, how are they using this guy? So I think his stats are going to say, look, I'm an all-pro guy. I'm a Pro Bowl guy. But I think that around the league, they're going to look at him and be like, I don't know. I don't know where to categorize him. All right, Buda Baker. Buda. What is he? I mean, Buda, they they move him all over the place. Yeah. Um, he, he can play some deep middle and stuff. and But for the most part, you see him coming off the edge. I mean, he's in the run game. He's explosive, too. So, yeah, I mean, look, he's got to have the statistics. I mean, it's a popularity contest to a, to a point. So he's, he's got to come in sacks. He's got to get a few interceptions. And we need to have success on defense. Is that, am I the last one? You. This one's kind of already written. <laughs> the Rams 22 and 2022 season will end with an early playoff exit. And I'm going to let you go first. Well, that's how this works, Moyer. You yeah. ask the question and I then know. I go. I'm still letting so you go. So th- thanks for. You're welcome. You know, he's so kind, isn't this guy? This I guy do this with my kids. So kind. <laughs> you know what? Well, yes, they gone. They gone. The Rams will first round. They're out of there. I'm just going to say it. Just because it's so hard to repeat and have the season that they had. Right? It's so hard. The last time we saw a team go back-to-back was back in the mid-2000s with the New England Patriots. And we all know what was going on over there, right? They were stacked. got a system that works. They changed the game a little bit. With the Rams, 
Going off of what you said earlier, how when they won the Super Bowl, there wasn't a lot of passion behind it. Like, this is a manufactured team. This isn't a team that has guys on this squad that had three or four years of getting their you-know-what kick, of just grinding through the summertime. It's almost like they expect things to happen. And once you start expecting things to happen, they don't. You got you to gotta keep the passion and the hunger. So I'm going to say they're out early. Yeah, I think one of their big challenges, well, I'm not sure tonight was – was it a reflection that, well, maybe the Rams aren't that good, or wow, Buffalo's really good? Yeah. Uh, I think Buffalo's really good on both sides of the ball. I think the challenge for the Rams is because their salary cap issue is, is such an issue, they just don't have depth. You go to a Super Bowl, it's history it suggests that you're going to have some injuries. Mm. And I, I go back to the Seahawks, 2013, man, we had massive depth. We were the best team in the NFL. 2014, once the injury bug hit and we got into the Super Bowl, we didn't have the depth we had in, in years past. So when Jeremy Lane went down, we really didn't have anybody to go and replace him. And we ended up losing that Super Bowl. Probably should have won it, but that's another story. Um, I think they're going to – They it's depth – and they've got a tough schedule. They got to play the ASC West as well, and they got to play all the teams that won last year. They got a first place schedule. I don't know if they make the playoffs after watching mm, them tonight. Okay. And again, it could be a reflection more on Buffalo being that good. But I look, they they did not look good. All right. Well, we will find out. Let's talk that talk. I think we agreed on everything, so that's it was fun. But next time. I'm going to say disagree, just to disagree with you, Paul. Well, I think you're just trying to – right now you're just trying to get to the first couple of rounds. You know, you just you just don't want it to, to be, you know, a 10-8. I, I want to keep it you competitive. Don't want a I want to keep it competitive so right. I don't just knock you out the box it's, early. It's too I, early in the season. Right, I get it's you. too early. All right, we got one more segment. We'll put a bow on this thing. The show recap and the final thoughts from me, Michael Bumpus, my guy, Paul Moore. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Center Square Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bonus with Paul Moyer, presented by the Bellevue Collection. We'll be here every Thursday, 7 o'clock at the Bellevue Square Center Court. Hey, remind you guys, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court, and we'll have a chance for you to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collection Dining Dixers. They're giving away cars to the Sweet Restaurant and Lounge in Fago de Chao. Fago de Chao. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't say it that way, but it's really good food. <laughs> How do you say it, Paul? Uh, I just go. bring it's bring right my there. bring my food. I don't. I can't <laughs> see. I just know what it is. You just know and, what it is. Well, and it's really cool because they bring you know, the big sticks of meat and they just <laughs> you know put them on your plate right there and it's it's awesome. Oh man, all right. You know what's awesome? We got football coming up on Monday. Yeah. All right. Seahawks versus the Broncos. This is the most anticipated game of the year by far. I mean, you had the Bills and the Rams tonight. All right, good game. I mentioned the Panthers and the uh, the Browns. All right, good game. But the NFL knows what they're doing when it comes to scheduling games. And they said, oh, yeah, Russell, you went out? Okay, where'd you go? All right, let's set that up and make it a prime time game. And uh, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it, it, there's so much unknown. It's like, what's Russell Wilson going to look like? You know, he, he's this is his offense. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants to do. What's Geno going to look like? People are, are doubting Geno. You know, oh, he's not he's not Russell. He don't need to be Russell. There's talent around him. So I'm just interested how this whole thing plays out and which side of the ball leads the charge coming out the gate. Yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of simple. I mean, we just have to do what we're expected to do really well. 
You know, so we, we have to be able to run the football exceptional. We can't put ourselves in tough situations. I mean, it's always a turnover game, so that we got to win that battle. And then defensively, I'm just really curious. I I think we can shut Russell down a bit. Um, what does that mean? Uh, just not give up the big play. Make him do something he doesn't want to do. Now, at the same time, look, this is like a girlfriend who broke up with you and you go, God, she better be dating an ugly dude, right? I mean, it, he better he better not be better looking than me. And I just don't want it to look better than it's looked in the past. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's I think we shut him down, but I, when I'm nervous because we're playing a 3-4 defense, we got to be really good against the run because they do have a good running game. I don't think it's better than ours, you know, at least last year. Uh, so those are the big ones. Uh, we got so many weapons offensively. As you mentioned with Gino, I just take what they give you. You know, you got Noah Fant. We got we talked about Cody, Kobe Bark Parkinson. Um, you know, we've obviously D, D, DK and, and Tyler. And don't forget the running backs. I mean, there's so many weapons for him to use. And I think our offensive line is going to be pretty good. But we. We can't put this on our quarterback. We Every other guy on this team has to play his best football. And I don't know what to expect. I don't know how good Denver's going to be. I don't know how good we're going to be. But I'm excited to see what we do. This is why we don't know how good Denver's going to be. We didn't see Russell out there not no. one time during the preseason, which was uh, interesting to me because I thought that he would want to get out there and play with these guys during a live situation and then defensively for the Seahawks we didn't see all the dogs out there no. we didn't see Quandre we didn't see Jamal we didn't see, we didn't see Jordan at all we saw Cody a little bit uh, we saw Chen a little bit but the guys that you were talking about up the middle uh, we didn't see a lot of those guys so and then one of the concerns with the Seahawks was their tackling right and then I had to remind people like all right, well, this is a preseason game. Lots of twos and threes out there. The guys that you're going to rely on to make these tackles haven't been getting a lot of these reps, so let's wait and see what happens. But that's the beauty of week one, especially in this situation. You got former Broncos over here with the Seahawks now and Noah Fan and, and Shelby Harris and Drew Locke we're probably not going to see. And then you have the greatest quarterback the Hawks have ever seen um, with the Broncos. So there's just... It's just chaos, right? Pre-game chaos. I'm interested to see if the crowd, how loud they boo or cheer for Russell Wilson. Does Russell even acknowledge the crowd? You know what I mean? Like there's little things within the game that I want to see play out. Yeah, it's, I think it would be fun. And you're right about the tackling. Uh, I remember going to a Laker game when I was a kid. And I was watching the Lakers and the, and the other team in warm-ups. My dad goes, who do you think is going to win? And I'm watching the Lakers, and they're just bricking everything, you know, just warm-ups. I go, I go, the other team, Dad, there's no way. I mean, we can't make a shot. He goes, son, all the starters are just sitting behind right now. The backups are throwing, and they, they're not, you're right, they're not making them. And that's kind of like preseason. I yeah. mean, it was who were the guys that were missing tackles. And, you know, one of them was Marquise Blair, and he's not here anymore. So yeah. the Seahawks aren't messing around. Um, I, again, I, we have talent. I just... Can we bring it together, the, that opener? Denver's in the same boat. I mean, they got they don't know what to expect. They, they have higher expectations because of Russell Wilson. But I think we know his kryptonite, right? I mean, mm. we know his Achilles heel. And I think you've got to force him to do things that he's uncomfortable with. And that's dink and dunk. And I think we're going to be able to get some pressure on him because I, I think we got some dogs that can get after him. Clint Hurt, first official game as a defensive coordinator. 
He got his beak wet a little bit, you know, with the preseason. Uh, but nothing like calling a game where it really matters, right? Defensively, during a preseason game, you can get beat, and his coach, you know, be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fix that. Now you get beat defensively on Monday Night Football. Man, that headset might want to come off. He might want to slam it down. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how he conducts himself and adjusts throughout a football game. I, I think he's going to be fine. He, he's, he's confident in himself. And, knows what he wants i didn't know he i knew he was a good coach i just didn't know he knew as much about pass defense and his philosophy along the way um I, i'm gonna throw an unsung hero in this game i i think has a chance to be really interesting for us when we get in third down and passing situations we're gonna have some edge rushers we know one of them is gonna be daryl taylor uh you know be a couple other guys you know along the way we'll see if uh a boy uh, is actually get some playing time too but you put the two inside guys Give me Puna Ford mm. and put me Miles Adams. Yes. Miles Adams is my unsung hero. I like he, that. He had the best preseason of anybody, by to me, a long shot, both in the run game. But, man, he's got some wiggle in the pass game. Yeah. And so that's something we've kind of missed is that up-the-middle pressure. And so now we got some dogs coming from the outside. I'm going to use dogs a bunch because oh. we have them. I mean, you can't, we, we're not even talking about Jamal Adams yet. We're not even talking about Brooks. Jordan, man, Jordan can play. Um, so I, I, I'm excited to see what we do defensively. Me too. And I'm excited, man. That was the first episode of Hawks Live, week one. My guy, Paul Amar. Special thanks to Colby Parkinson, Charles Cross, and Kyle Newman for joining the show. Our onboard operator, Brady Robick, our executive producer, is Nasser Choby. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Monday night starting at 2 p.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bones with Paul Moore. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.